Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 92. My guest today is Jen Robbins. Jen is a conversion copywriter, which means that her business is set up to help entrepreneurs and successful business owners do that much more with their online copy. Yes, I am talking primarily about what's called a sales funnel or a conversion funnel. And this is the process that you take somebody through to have them learn your business, learn what it's about, why they would care and how you can benefit them as a business owner and them being your client. So Jen is an expert in all things copy and funnels and all that stuff. And the reason why I really wanted to bring a copywriter onto the podcast at this point in time in this time of year is because so many of you are getting ready to launch. 2020 is just around the corner and I know that there are launches and new opportunities coming. I thought it would be a really great time to talk about the relationship between the technology that you're using and the words that are being written for that technology. Let me say that again. The words that you have on your screen may look different depending on what tool you're using. You may end up wanting to create long form copy where it's page after page after page and people are scrolling. You may want to create short form copy and sometimes the tech tool that you're using will dictate that. Other times your copywriter will or whatever you are selling may be the dictating force. So let's get into this conversation with Jen and I cannot wait for you to give us your takeaways and your feedback in the Facebook group. The Tech of Business Facebook group has recently been renamed. It is now Expand Online Strategy, Support, and Tech. And as always, you can still get to the community by going to techofbusiness.com forward slash community. Now let's get into this conversation with Jen. Jen, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I am so excited to be having you share from your perspective how tech plays into copywriting and funnels in the online business space. So before we go and go a hundred miles deep on copy and funnels and things like that, let's kind of say where you are at in this whole online um, business arena. What do you do? Why do you do it? And who do you do it for? Sure. So I'm Jen Robbins. I'm a conversion copywriter. So I support mostly established one business owners with high converting websites and sales funnels. So um, why I do it, I I found that funnels um, can be a super important part of any business. A lot of people I know, especially myself, rely on referrals, but sometimes that dries up. And so if you have a funnel in place, you have leads coming in, you're not having to like go out and search for Facebook groups and try to get people to tag you and things. You have people actually coming in um, leads on a regular basis. So you're able to kind of keep your business going and 
most women are with our moms, they have families and they rely on their business for an income. So um, funnels are an important part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that everybody needs to have at least one funnel mm -hmm. if they want to make online business connections. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about what your definition of a funnel is so that we make sure that the listeners who may or may not have what you think of a funnel is actually mm -hmm. understand what we're talking about. Sure. So to me, a funnel is basically an automated customer journey. It's your way of moving them from just kind of seeing you around to becoming a client. Um, that can look a lot of different ways. And most people have some sort of, it may not be automated, but they have some sort of funnel in place that may be sending people a basic message and then they send them like random, like random messages along the way and they get them on a call. Like that technically is part of a funnel, but actually like automating it is usually a little bit more um, complicated, but it's essential to actually, like I said, keep things moving in your business. Totally. And by, by us saying automated, we really mean using tech tools, exactly. which is why it makes sense for us to be talking about this now on the Tech of Business podcast. So the automated tools that mm -hmm. you as a copywriter and a conversion strategist and, you know, and copy, you know, and, and funnel strategist and everything else that you're doing, the tools matter. It's not like right. you can just say, okay, here you go. Here's some amazing copy. Now have fun. You as a copywriter, you kind of need to know what tools are currently in play, what tools the client might be interested in working with and what they may have said, no, I'm not going to touch. So let's talk a little bit about the tools that you kind of see online business owners using, whether it's for email marketing or for their funnel um, landing pages or for whatever pages that you might be helping them with, what kind of tools are we talking about here? Sure. A lot of my clients work within ClickFunnels. Um, that's kind of like the gold standard. It's not necessarily my favorite, but it is one of the most popular ones out there because it has the landing pages. It kind of has templates already set up for you. So it has landing pages and sales pages and like kind of all the steps are there if you want to just like go buy a template. Um, and then you have some sort of email marketing system. So MailChimp, which I don't love, or um, ActiveCampaign, ConvertKit, those tend to work better for funnels because they have more automation options, as mm -hmm. I'm sure you know, because you set mine up for me. <laughs> um, and then usually, I mean, some sort of website. People use Squarespace or WordPress or popular ones. There's always Wix, Kajab. I mean, there's so many out there that I feel like it can be very overwhelming, mm -hmm. um, especially mm -hmm. me coming in and being like, because I'm not a tech expert. Like, I write the copy. But as you said, I need to know what they have because that can limit what I do. Like I need to know what their capabilities are before I um, write a whole bunch of different options and take people through different parts of the funnel that we can't actually do. Yes, yes. And I think that that is kind of where I want to spend a little bit of time on this conversation because the listeners may have say, said, okay, I'm going to go with ClickFunnels or I am going to go with a WordPress website. And then they come to someone like you and say, okay, help me set this up. And you may only be giving them the words and not the other stuff. So when it comes to um, ClickFunnels, what kind of questions do you ask your clients um, to figure out how deep they're going to go into ClickFunnels and if they're going to use the pre-made templates and, you know, let's just kind of go there. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
honestly, I haven't always asked them in the past. Sometimes I've just made assumptions. And especially if it's a larger business, I kind of assume they have a tech person in place. And so they have somebody that's going to go in and they, they can they have the capabilities for it. But if you're working with more of a solopreneur and you're not really sure, it's helpful to know kind of where they're at. Are they using a free plan? Do they only have seven pages available? Because you would be surprised when you get in there about how many pages you use for a basic funnel. Because you have to have one for like a landing page and a thank you page and a sales page. And if you want to do a tripwire, like there are all of these different ways you can go and it adds up very quickly. Right. And you also want to know like what integrates with ClickFunnels because not everything talks well to each other. Again, this is something that um, as a copywriter, I haven't always been aware of, but as I got into more um, looking into funnels and actually helping people implement it a little bit more, which I, as we know, uh, don't love doing anymore. And that's why I think you need a tech person like you to come in and do that. Because as a copywriter, I know how funnels should work, but I don't always know how to make sure it all talks to each other. And a lot mm -hmm, of times my mm -hmm. client doesn't either. Right. So, yeah. yeah, sometimes you need that third party to come in and be like, okay, look, you actually can't do it this way. We can do it this way instead. And sometimes the copy or maybe even the strategy has to be adjusted a little bit based on that. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And what I'm hearing you say is that your copy can dictate what tech to use. And if you are restricting your tech, then you have to uh, let whoever is writing your copy know these restrictions so that they can, that this, the story can navigate and that your customers and your leads can navigate through the process as appropriately as possible. And I think that there's also making sure that you as the entrepreneur understand the flow of traffic and that your copywriter is on the same page as you. Because if your copywriter, for example, says, okay, we're going to do a landing page and a thank you page and a sales page and a tripwire and this, that, whatever else. And you look at them like they're green in the face. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you're not going to have the kind of success that either of you want. So making sure that you are on the same page that you're like, yes, all I want is the very simple process to get someone on a phone call. Or all, all I want is to get someone into my automated 20 email sequence. Like, I mean, knowing what you want and working with your copywriter on the strategy to get there, that's really, I think, where the genius lies in bringing and outsourcing and bringing in people who are experts in their domain. And I think it's, it's also a lot more fun as an entrepreneur when you know that you're tech and your words and your systems are all flowing together to help support your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want people to be afraid of funnels because it can get a little intimidating, especially as you talk about all the different options. But if you don't have one, you can start very simply and you don't have to sign up for a $200 a month click funnels. It can be as simple as a landing page. And if you use MailChimp, you can actually do it all on MailChimp. It may not be as pretty, but you can have that landing page link them to your email list, give a thank you page. If that's if your only goal is to get them on your email list, that's a pretty simple thing to do. I mean, we can make it a little more complicated. I personally use um, Thrive Architect on WordPress, and so I can build my own landing pages, and then they connect to um, ActiveCampaign, and then I have an automation there. Yes. And that was still more complicated. Uh, I'm trying to make everything talk to each other because I have a couple other things happening at the same time, but you can keep it very simple. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, and it doesn't have to be expensive to start out with at all. It can be um, as easy as you want to make it. But 
if you're worried about that, talk about that with your copywriter or whoever you're hiring. If they come in and they're like, okay, well, we can do all of this and that's not what you want, tell them that. Yeah. The, the, the way to start is to keep it simple. I, um, I think everybody should have, like you said, one funnel. I call it the white rabbit funnel because it's what kind of leads you down the rabbit hole of your business. Mm -hmm. But that's basically just some sort of offer, which is on a landing page, and then an email sequence with the final offer that could go to another landing page or could just be in the email. Right. Like that is a very simple funnel, and that would not take you um, spending hundreds of dollars on click funnels to do. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with that. And I think that, like, while you were talking about that, I was thinking, okay, so we get the idea of a funnel. What words? And how do we convey that we are open for business and that we are interested in growing a relationship? Are there any kind of buzzwords that are like relevant right now or that, you know, terms or um, different ways of communicating on your landing pages as the start of your funnel that you've seen are effective for most of your clients or for a lot of your clients? I mean, as custom as you can make it um, for your audience. So some people tend to go a little too general to bring people in. And while that works sometimes, honestly, if you're talking to everybody, nobody's going to listen. You have to really narrow it in. Um, and even within you, like when you already have your own, like I work with established business owners, which is still kind of general. Right. But I have like a general funnel that brings people in. It's a quiz and they kind of go through an email sequence. Right now I'm in the process of like basically duplicating that and making it just for photographers because I did a podcast for photographers. And so... I'm customizing it, speaking just to them. And that's going to probably convert a lot higher than my general one because it's talking to them. I'm going to be specific about what they need in their funnel along the way. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. as, that's not really a buzzer, but like getting as specific as you can. Right. So as far as kind of buzzwords and what's happening now, there's a big pushback against bro marketing right now, which is those ads that you always see of like the guy on the Lambo with like flashing the money and that's usually leading you through some ClickFunnels offer. Not that ClickFunnels is associated with necessarily, but it's a tripwire and an upsell and an upsell and a downsell. And there's like 45 different parts of this funnel. And it feels very disingenuous at this point because you know they probably rented that Lamborghini and they took a loan out for that cash and then took it back to the bank. So right now I'm seeing a lot more of a push towards um, empathy marketing. So more of like connecting with people. It's more about building relationships as opposed to just kind of throwing something up and pushing people through a funnel. You want to kind of, like I said, customize the language. The big thing I've found is make sure you're talking to your audience. A lot of people, when they, especially if they write their own copy, everything is in like the, the I voice. It's like, this is my business. I do this. I do this. I grew up in this place and I wanted to do this. And so I cut, it's just their story without telling the audience like why the audience should care. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so if you're going to say you're open for business, tell me what you do and why I should care because as humans, we're kind of inherently selfish. Like, we want to know what's in it for us, especially if I'm going to be hiring you for something. So maybe on that landing page, um, you're telling us kind of who you are and why we should care and then giving some sort of relevant offer. People don't seem to care as much about like a free checklist or a basic PDF anymore. We're kind of getting a lot more marketing savvy. You need to be a little more um, on your game. Maybe it's a video that goes with the checklist. Maybe it's a challenge, just something that's not just... Um, Here's a PDF I created in Canva. Download it and give me your email address because that just doesn't work anymore. That is a really good point. Now, I have to say that if someone is a successful entrepreneur working offline 
and they want to come online. They have that expertise that they can showcase. And if you are someone who has had so much offline business, you may be able to get away with something a little bit more general because Mm -hmm. you are coming at this from a different angle and the audience that you are attracting may not be as familiar with the bro marketing or with all the PDFs and all of those things. So making sure that you understand who you're trying to attract. Jen and I, we work with a broad spectrum of different entrepreneurs who have they may have seen 40 different PDFs that they could download. They may have only seen two. So we want to make sure that whatever we create is relevant and makes sense for the audience that we are trying to attract. And in our cases, the quiz for Jen, that just seems to make sense. And, you know, for me, people want nuts and bolts. They want checklists. They want to say, oh, okay, I'm doing it right. I got the right tech tools. So it's relevant for me to create a PDF that take someone through things. So just because in general, PDFs aren't enough, that doesn't mean that PDF might not work for you. Totally. And yeah, it depends on who you're trying to reach and also like what your PDF is. Like if we're talking about an in-depth checklist or something, or like five ways to increase your audience, like that's way too broad. So um, yeah, if you're getting specific, absolutely. Um, Sorry, I had something that came up when you're talking about that and it totally that's out of my okay. head. That's okay. Um, oh, so photographers. Um, oh, so, okay. I got it. So, um, the, what I want to say is that a lot of people think you have to recreate the wheel every time. So let's say you have like a checklist PDF and maybe you have one of those that I just kind of, um, said wasn't great. You don't have to get rid of that funnel entirely, duplicate it, and then just come up with a new offer and you can leave both of them up and then test to see which one is more effective. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have that checklist, maybe you have, maybe you do a video instead, which is just walking them through. And then you have kind of that checklist at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can definitely repurpose what you have and just see what's, what works for you. Cause a lot of this is testing and seeing what actually works because the, like your business is always changing. Your audience is changing. Tech is changing. The entire mm-hmm. marketing world is changing. So it's just kind of constantly a, a test of like what's working, what's not, and just making adjustments along the way. But you don't have to just like scrap everything and start over if anything I've said today um, hit a nerve. So just take <laughs> what you have and, and keep going. It's okay. It's always okay to like, re- like look at things every quarter probably. See where your numbers are at and see if you want to make adjustments. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of validity in that, that you created your opt-in uh, and your landing page for a reason. Go back to the reason why you created it and say, how can I double down on creating even more value with this landing page, with this copy, with this freebie? What else can I do to make this version two, version four of that? I really like that approach because I know sometimes I will start working with a client and they say, yeah, I've got these three PDFs and I, you know, they kind of all work, but I think we should start something new. And, you know, before we even get a chance to evaluate how one of them may work or how to do split testing, they've gone and decided that they're going to do something completely different. And there may not be a reason to do that. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. 
Yeah. So again, I want to go back to like words on the page, Mm -hmm. what you need to be thinking about. Um, And this is, I mean, this may get a little technical, but we're going to try and keep it, you know, at at a high level. But aesthetics wise, when a copywriter provides a Google Doc with text in it, obviously as a copywriter, you've got a few ideas of how you want that to look on the screen. Um, So can you talk a little bit about when to use different fancy fonts or different fancy colors or font weights and things like that as you're interpreting whatever copy might be um, received from a copywriter? Sure. I'll start with email first because that's kind of the easiest. Okay. Don't make anything fancy with email. Um, I feel like the more fancy you get, the more likely it is that it ends up in spam or just doesn't get delivered. So don't use fancy fonts because sometimes it doesn't come through right. Um, I emailed, um, there was a coach, a pretty like high end coach and her emails are coming in and I couldn't read them on my phone because she was using this like fancy script font that wasn't, it just wasn't coming through on iPhones. And so she'd written like this whole launch sequence that nobody could read. So just keep emails as simple as possible. Use some photos, use some gifts, like make it fun, but don't do too much because People don't, people don't care, honestly, they, they're going to read it. And most of the time they're reading it on their phones anyway. So some of that really fun stuff just makes it come, it just comes through wonky when you're reading it on your phone. So keep emails simple. Now, um, landing pages. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big believer that I don't think design is as important because you could have a beautiful design, but if you don't have the words, nobody's going to buy anything. Mm-hmm. But design is important because if you have words and it's just thrown up there. It's still not going to convert well. I know some people who have used a Google Doc as a sales page, but even within that Google Doc, they've formatted it properly. They have headings. So you do have to make sure you're calling out certain things. Like your header should have some sort of, it doesn't have to be necessarily a bright color, but something that stands out. Um, It should be talking about um, kind of who they are, like talking to who they are and like what they want. Um, I actually just did a review earlier this week on a landing page for somebody and the headline, like she reworked it and it got better. But you want to kind of look to the future. Like, why do, why should people care? Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's like introducing, like, I'm in- introducing this free offer. Well, why do I care about this free offer? So this free offer will help you do X mm-hmm. is a better headline. Um, we want to understand because a lot of people will come to that page. And if it doesn't like get them right away, they're clicking out. They don't care. So like grab them in there. So then actually like talking about more design through the page, you want the words to kind of flow. You don't want everything center text. If you're having like long, um, long, long sections, like, like a who it's for, who it's not for, those can get a little longer. Make sure everything is like left aligned because it's much easier to read. If you're doing everything centered, your eyes can go crossed trying to read like paragraphs at a time. Bullet points are helpful, but don't do only bullet points. It's a lot about, um, breaking the copy up. So you have a couple of paragraphs, you have bullet points, um, you add some fun images, but it's just making sure that you're hitting all of the points that they need. You're overcoming objections. Even if we're talking about an opt-in page, people still want to care. They still want to know why they should download it because we're all, people are a little more precious about their emails. At least their emails, they actually check because mm-hmm. I know I at least have one that I use for free offers that I don't really check. I just do it to like get the free, like 10% off on the website or whatever it is. So if you want like a legitimate email address that people care about, you need to tell them why they should care through the copy and then use the design to make them actually like go through and hit the button. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. And you made me think of one question right now of the button text. 
I didn't like, I don't know why this came up. And like, as you were just kind of going through, I'm like, how does someone like, are there any words that work really well on button text that you have seen to get those opt-ins to get people actually starting out? Is it using like, is there specific kind of language or, um, or anything or colors or whatever it might be? I just, it just Mm kind of came to me. And if it came to me, it probably came to a listener too. Yeah, so button text is is super important because that's what's actually going to get people to click. So having enroll now, sign up now, nobody's going to click on that unless like they really want to already buy it because that's not enticing. So I don't know about actual words, but using I language, I'm ready to buy um, or um, sign me up, even just adding that can increase conversions. I don't remember the stat now, but it's like at least 75% higher if you just have something that like it's, it's kind of empowering, like sign me up instead of sign up now, it just feels a little different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, um, so that, or making it, um, related to the offer. So I'm ready to increase my conversions or I'm ready to get my tech handled something that kind of describes what they're going to be getting. Then that depends on like how big the button is and how much space you have, but give them something that they're going to get in that button. So, um, I can't think of another example right now, but just something that makes it a little more empowering, makes want to click a little more because the basic buy now, sign up now, free offer. It just, that's a little done at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that, um, on the, on the heels of that, you know, there are some landing pages and sales pages that have a button that then brings up the opt-in box versus having the name and email address with a button that it submits the, the, the form. So submitting a form that is the procedural technical language. Don't ever, ever, ever use the word submit. Um, that's my personal thing. If I see submit on there, then I'm like, Oh, someone didn't change defaults, (laughs) but can you speak a little bit about which way you like to see things, whether you like to have the form there and then the button to send the information in, or if you, uh, prefer to have, have a button that tells someone to take action, which then brings them to the form itself. I like to have everything on one page. Um, I feel like the more pop-ups you have, the more you try to get someone off that main page, the more like you are to lose them. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's a pop-up that shouldn't be affected by a pop-up blocker, I feel like you never know. Just having a basic like little form on your website um, or like the little bar, the opt-in bar, which is like name and email address, click here. I just think that tends to work better. Um, You tend to not have as much space, but I don't know. I think that works better. Fair enough. Absolutely. I think that what you've covered so far in this session is we've really talked about, you know, understanding how your copy and your tech and your tech relate to one another. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about, you know, how to, how to format the, the copy. We've also talked a lot about the language and a few other things like that. Is there something else that like is you're dying to get out and make sure that we actually include in this episode that when it's talking about entrepreneurs using, you know, effective copy and funnels and things like that to drive their business? Yeah, the last thing um, I want to say is that I'm a big believer in the rule of one when it comes to writing copy. Um, I learned that from Joanna Wee with Copy Hackers, but that's all about you have one goal. So your landing page shouldn't be just another page on your website, or if it is, it shouldn't have the navigation bar at the top. There should only be one option for that landing page, and that's signing up for whatever you're offering them. 
that goes for sales pages, kind of anything else. There's one goal, there's multiple buttons, but it's all the same thing, same goal. And that goes for emails as well. Your email shouldn't have like, follow me on Facebook, buy this offer, sign up for a call. It should be find me on Facebook and then another email, sign up for a call and then another email, buy this offer. If you ask people to do too much at once, they won't do anything. So kind of follow the rule of one when it comes to um, making offers, having someone do something. Yes, I, I love that. That is so succinct and it makes it easier for you as the entrepreneur or for you as, asking your copywriter to create something, to do something with a single solitary goal. So mm -hmm. Jen, I think that's a fabulous way for us to wrap things up. Can you please share where people can connect with you? We'll obviously have those in the show notes and then we're going to throw in one last curveball question. Sure. Um, you can find me at jenrobbins.com. That's Jen with two N's and Robbins with two B's. Perfect. Easy enough. And I, since I follow Jen on social media, I will have a few of her social media links over in the show notes as well, but definitely check out her website. I just shared her about page with a client of mine to give her some inspiration on creating her own about page. It's, it's good. Thank you. It's good. <laughs> you didn't even know that, no, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. So I like to end every episode with that curveball and I mean, I don't even feel like we need to actually go to the left or to the right right now. I really feel like I want the audience to wrap up this episode and say, okay, I am going to tackle one thing when it comes to my funnel. What would you say 60% or more of your, of your clients need to tackle first when they decide to take a new look at whatever they've already got created? figure out what you want to offer. A lot of times people have multiple things. I mean, personally, this is kind of what I'm doing right now is I have my funnel in place and I kind of have an offer, but I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that I want to offer. And you can have multiple funnels with multiple offers, but you need to pick out what, what it is you want them to do. Are you wanting them to book a call to set something up? Are you wanting them to buy something? Like pick what your offer is and then you can kind of work backwards from there to build the funnel if you're starting from scratch. So you say you're a photographer and you know you want to um, book a Christmas session or something. Mm -hmm. That's your goal. Work backwards with like the three to five emails you need from that. Figure out what kind of the, maybe the offer, like the initial opt-in would be, which may be um, like what to wear for your Christmas mini shoot. I mean, it can be as simple as that. So I think start at the offer, work your way back is a great place to start and where most people seem to struggle. Yeah, I think that is fantastic. Jen, thank you again so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow. I just listened back to this episode because I like to make sure that whatever I am in putting into the intro and outro are extremely relevant and timely. Jen and I recorded this episode about three, four weeks ago, and I am just so, so happy that I had the opportunity to listen to this again. It gave me so many actionable nuggets, and I hope it gave you two or three of them as well. I love what Jen suggested in that little bit of a curveball there. So over in the Facebook group, Expand Online Strategy Support and Tech, let's talk about what our offers are and be able to work backwards into the copy and into the tech so that we can get more 
people taking up our offers. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.